Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. Hey, it's Monday. New day, new week. It is Monday. Super excited to start talking about a new psalm, especially a psalm that is significantly different than almost every other psalm we've read. <laughs> Throughout the entire Psalter so far. Well, we like something unique, special for a good conversation. I guess you're talking about Psalm 45. That is the next one on the list. And, and this it is, is significantly <laughs> unique. So let's go ahead and read it. Let's go ahead and read it. Psalm 45 from the English Standard Version. To the choir master, according to lilies, a mascal of the sons of Korah, a love song. My heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride out victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome deeds. Your arrows are sharp. In the heart of the king's enemies, the people fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. Hear, O daughter, and consider, and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek your favor with gifts, the richest of the people. All glorious is the princess in her chamber with robes interwoven with gold. In many-colored robes she is led to the king with her virgin companions following behind her. With joy and gladness they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. In place of your fathers shall be your sons. You will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, nations will praise you forever and ever. You're right. That is very different than the Psalms we've been reading, and particularly here recently. I mean, there's no no uh, crying out for God's intervention. We're not talking about how the wicked are oppressing us. Um, you know, no confession of sin or other kinds of evils. It it, it doesn't even so seem different. to really. It doesn't even seem to really be about God at all. As I'm tracking through this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, I'm trying to figure out whose voice this is speaking. Is this God speaking to someone? Because it, it it almost doesn't seem like someone's speaking to God. Mm. It seems like we're talking to royalty. Well, you have a poet, and a poet is writing a love song, a wedding song, and the poet is talking to the groom and the bride. Some suggest that when we get down to the very end, when it says in verse 17, I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations, that that is a reference to God speaking. That However, does seem like something God could do. Well, God could do that. However, it 
I, to me, it makes a whole lot more sense to take the other position on this, that what we've got is a bit of an inclusio statement. It begins with the poet saying, I address my verses to the king, and it ends with, I cause your name to be remembered in all generations. I, I do. There's some things I'd want to converse with the, you about that, but maybe later in the week. Okay. But uh, I, I think it's the poet. I think we're seeing the poet's voice all the way through. He so. says, my tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe, and mm-hmm. so we've got a song, an oration that is going to be declared at the wedding uh, for the king okay and and he says hey i've got a pleasing theme this is my song i'm gonna sing it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. by the time we get to the end because i'm singing this everybody's gonna know you forever so the psalm then in that light is a bit of an ode to the king at least the first part and then the second part the ode to the bride i mean it mentions the queen it mentions a daughter of Mm -hmm. of of, yeah, um, in verse 10, hear, O daughter, and consider. So in yeah. verse 9, there's a little bit of a shift. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir, and then it starts talking to her, okay. the the bride who is being brought to, to the king, king okay. for this royal wedding that is going to take place. Here's the thing. We have no idea whose wedding this is. Well, there are a, a few kings in Israel, and, and several of them had a few weddings. Well... <laughs> We have no idea when this one first kicked off. It could be Solomon. Okay. Uh, in fact, for any Bible student, this psalm kind of calls to mind even the Song of Solomon. There's some significant differences, but the similarity here is this idea of the wedding, of uh-huh. the bride. So it's very possible that we kick this off with Solomon's weddings, and then it would have been used throughout the generations at other weddings. My understanding is eventually uh, among Jews, it even came just to be used at weddings, weddings in general, so that every bride and every groom were treated as if they were a king and queen on their wedding day. Well, that's a neat idea. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, talking about how unique this psalm is, is there a genre of psalms, the wedding psalms? (laughs) Yes, it's this one. Okay. Is there a genre, (laughs) the love songs? (laughs) This one. Yeah. I mean, that's remarkable to me. Other than you mentioned a moment ago, the Song of Solomon, mm-hmm. I don't know of many just all-out tributes no. to love and marriage in the Bible, and yet here these are, mm-hmm. which I think underscores, of course, the beauty of marriage and the blessing of marriage, this wonderful relationship that God created from the beginning for men and women to enjoy. It is something to be celebrated. I absolutely think we should spend some time talking about marriage, about weddings, about how wonderful it is. Let me make this one comment regarding genre. Sure. For those who do put this psalm into a genre, they normally put it into the royalty or king psalms because it is talking to the king. And I think that'll become important as we talk more. But I do want to, this thing you just brought up, weddings. Yeah. Marriage. I love the fact that this poet starts off with, I my heart overflows with a pleasing theme. Mm. Here, as this psalm has made its way into the Psalter, it is a little bit surprising because it is so distinct. It mm-hmm. is so unique. And yet God made sure that in this book of songs, there was this love psalm. There was this wedding song, which does demonstrate to us what God thinks of weddings and marriage. And the purpose of the Psalms. I mean, we've kind of said this old uh, chestnut. Well, there's something in there for every moment in life, (laughs) whatever you're going through. Right. And so maybe we shouldn't be surprised that there's something about this very momentous time of marriage. When I think about the fact that the Psalms are in general 
uh, liturgy for worship, and may, maybe liturgy is too technical a term, but it was going to be used to help individual Jews worship God. Mm-hmm. It was going to be used to help families gather around their own family sure, altar and sure. worship God, and it was certainly used at the temple as the people came together and worshiped God, priests leading them in yeah. prayers, priests showing them how to worship Let us not lose sight of that, that in the midst of all of these psalms, most of which are clearly some aspect of worship, that we have this praise of marriage. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Maybe an expression like a holy matrimony? A holy matrimony, a a, a marriage that God has blessed, or or marriage that God blesses, because God blesses marriage. Yeah, I think that's such an important thing. Again, we are speaking the word and studying the Bible in a culture and a context that is ever secular, that looks at marriage as just purely contracts between agreeing parties. And we are blessed, we are wise to go back to the word of God and appreciate this is something designed by our creator. And it is designed by our creator to communicate uh, blessings and glory about him, about his plan for life as well as a goodness for his people who follow in his plan and follow in his word to be married. Marriage began at the beginning. Mm -hmm. There's a really fascinating argument that Paul makes as he's writing to the Corinthians and his fear that the Corinthians are going to follow after false teachers, Mm -hmm. they're going to follow after false apostles, and they're going to follow after false Christs. And there's so much here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 that we could dig into regarding the church, regarding Christ. I just want you to hear the marriage aspect. I w- here's what Paul says, 2 Corinthians 11, 1. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me, for I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Mm. Now, we might read through that and miss this really stunning gem that Paul brings up about Eve. Paul, as he's making his case, I have brought you, this Corinthian church, to be the bride of Jesus Christ. Mm. I I have brought you to be devoted to your husband, Christ. And Obviously, we're going to spend some time talking about that principle this week. Right now, I want us to see what it says about Eve. I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Mm -hmm. The serpent comes to Eve and tempts her away from her sincere and pure devotion to her husband. Husband. He is, Paul is saying, just like the serpent did with Eve, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid, Corinthian church, that these false apostles are going to do with you. Here's the point I'm wanting us to see. Marriage was from the beginning. When God brought Eve to Adam, it was marriage. Mm -hmm. It was, Mm -hmm. it was this bond, this unity, this making of one, the taking, the taking of the two, 
mm-hmm. and bringing them back together as one, finding that wholeness. And God praises that and God blesses that. And we need to hold that up on yeah. a pedestal of making sure that not only the wedding is beautiful and glorious, but that we work to make this marriage exactly what it is supposed to be, this pure and sincere devotion representing that relationship between Christ and his church. Throughout the scripture, God holds it up as a blessing. I think about the wisdom literature of the Proverbs in Proverbs 18 and verse 22, that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And that word favor is this idea of blessing. Here is a beatitude, if you will, in the Proverbs, marriage itself is a beatitude. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. And so in this relationship, we think about how Eve was designed to be that help meet, that complement to Adam because it was not good for him to be alone, that what God had joined together, only death should part them. And so uh, marriage is a, 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 a relationship of permanency upon this world, uh, which also I think um, parallels what you were talking about a moment ago, the spiritual implications of being wed to Christ. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. I'm glad you brought up this issue of Eve being called a help meet or a helper. That word, and I, I'm right now you just brought it up. I, I don't have my notes on that word, but I think it's found like 19 times in the Old Testament, that word for helper. Mm-hmm. and That's pretty the, good without your notes. And of those 19 times, well, I could be wrong on the number, but it's something like that. If it's 18, those, I'm going to burn you on it. No, of those 19, <laughs> I think 16 of them are specifically references to God. God is the helper. Mm -hmm. And so this really demonstrates to us what an amazing thing when God brings Eve to Adam. It's like the the physical manifestation of God's help in order to accomplish Mm -hmm. the work that God has established for man to do, which is, of course, to spread the sanctuary of God throughout the world and to fill the world with people who bear God's image. What a wonderful reason for us to glorify and honor and bless marriage and to hold it up. I'm so excited about talking about this psalm this week. This really is a gem. And for all of our Text Talk listeners, I think you're going to enjoy it. A reflection upon marriage here in Psalm 45, and we're just going to talk deeper about it as we go along this week. So glad that you joined us for the podcast today. Rate the podcast, share it with someone. It means so much. Let us know what you're gaining from reading the scripture. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this psalm set here in in the Psalter in a place where where we weren't expecting it, but we are so delighted to find it. Father, as it teaches us to think about the joy that is marriage, this wonderful relationship that you've designed, and uh, it's explored and it is lauded in beautiful poetry. Thank you, Father, for this psalm. We pray, Lord, your blessings upon our hearts upon marriages, that we might understand it and uphold it as the proper relationship that you've designed it to be. Father, that we might glorify you in every part of our lives, certainly in our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.